Welcome to the Kindred Church Podcast, where we talk about God, faith, and real life. This is Daniel Childs. I'm the host of the podcast and the pastor of Kindred Church. To learn more about how to connect with our community, check out our website at www.kindrednc.church. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We're glad you've tuned in for today's episode. Now, let's talk about God. Well, hello and welcome to worship. It's good to be with you. For those of you that I may not have met before, my name is Daniel. Uh, I'm the pastor here. And if this is your first time to worship with us at Kindred, we're especially glad that you have joined us. Uh, We want you to know that whatever your faith journey looks like, whatever your background is, you are welcome here. Uh, Our scripture reading for today is from 1 Corinthians. Uh, We're going to look at chapter 12 and we're looking at uh, verses 12 through 27. And it says this. Christ is just like the human body. A body is a unit, and it has many parts. And all the parts of the body are one body, even though there are many. We were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek or slave or free, and we were given one spirit to drink. Certainly the body isn't one part, but many. If the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, does that mean it's not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? But as it is, God has placed each one of the parts of the body just like he wanted. If all were one in the same body part, what would happen to the body? But as it is, there are many parts but one body. And so the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or in turn, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Instead, the parts of the body that people think are weakest are actually the most necessary. And the parts of the body that we think are less honorable are the ones we honor the most. The private parts of our body that aren't presentable are the ones that are given the most dignity. The parts of our body that are presentable don't need this. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the part with less honor, so that there won't be division in the body and so that the parts might have mutual concern for each other. If one part suffers... All the parts suffer with it. If one part gets the glory, all the parts celebrate with it. Now you are the body of Christ and parts of each other. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, several years ago, I got this email from my health insurance that said that they were now going to cover this new app called Teladoc. Some of you know Teladoc or or other forms of telehealth. Uh, Basically, it's this app that allows you to visit a doctor anytime, like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And when I first heard about Teladoc, uh, I was kind of skeptical, you know, I was always used to going to the doctor in person, so uh, I didn't find it all that appealing initially. Um, But then uh, I had a sinus infection this one time, and it just so happened that it was a Friday evening, because of course, and I knew that if I was going to try to see my own doctor in person, I was going to have to wait until at least Monday, if he could even get me in Monday, and I didn't want to do that, Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to try this this new Teladoc thing. So I pulled out my phone, I plugged in my info into the app, and within like five minutes, I was already talking to a doctor on the phone within about 15 minutes. That doctor had already called in my prescription. I was able to pick up my prescription later that evening and start my treatment that very same night. And immediately, uh, I was in love. Teladoc is fast. Teladoc is convenient. Teladoc is efficient. Uh, I promise this is not an infomercial for Teladoc. Uh, My wife teases me about how much I I love Teladoc. But it really is uh, amazing. I've I've been in love, especially uh, during the, the pandemic 
pandemic, it's been so nice so many times to, to not actually have to go in person to see uh, the doctor. But if you've done telehealth, you know that sometimes you do have to still go into your in-person doctor because there's just some things that they can't do uh, over the phone, like a checkup, for example. So recently, I had to go see my in-person doctor for uh, a checkup, and I love my in-person doctor. He's great. He does an awesome job. Uh, but now that I've gotten used to telehealth, going to the doctor in person has started to feel like such an enormous burden now. And as I went in for my checkup, I had this really salty attitude about the whole thing. I'm like, okay, I got to leave my house and get in my car and I got to drive all the way to the doctor's office. I got to walk all the way in. Then I got to check in at the front desk and this guy's asking me all these questions he already knows the answer to. Like, is this still your phone number? I'm like, I just confirmed this appointment on that phone number. Why would this not be my phone number anymore? Then I had to wait in the waiting room for a while. And then they finally took me back to the, the visiting room and I had to wait there for a while. And, you know, the whole time I'm just thinking, like, if we could just do this on Teladoc, I would have been done with all of this like an hour ago. But as I was sitting in the room waiting on the doctor with my salty attitude, uh, suddenly it hit me that I know for many of us, this is kind of how we feel about church right now, right? This is kind of how we feel uh, about church because uh, we've all been through this pandemic and we've all had to, in one way or another, do church online if, if we've been doing church uh, at all. And uh, in the midst of all of that, I know something that many of us have discovered is that doing church online is just faster and convenient and it's it's so efficient. It's sort of like Teladoc is to, to, to medical care. There, there's just a lot of upside. And one of the things that makes online church so convenient is that it doesn't require us to actually connect with other people. And I know many of us has, have discovered that, that when we do church on our own, when we do church solo, because we're doing church online, it's just an easier way of doing church. When we don't have to get together with other people, uh, we can do church without having to drive anywhere, without having to show up at a specific time, without having to like expend all of this social energy talking to people that we don't really know that well. Shout out to the, the introverts. Um, when we do church without having to connect with other people, you know, we do church online, we can, we can uh, do church in our pajamas, right? Some of us like that. We could do church while we eat breakfast. Maybe some of you are doing that right now. We can do church while we do our laundry or mow our grass or, or whatever. Uh, what many of us have discovered is that when we do church on our own, when we have this way of doing church solo without connecting with other people, it's just an easier way of doing church. Uh, this is one reason <clears throat> why over the last couple of years, uh, we, we've seen this uh, th this drop, dramatic drop in in-person worship attendance. And this has been true in small churches, big churches, churches of all denominations in this country. Uh, worship attendance in person has just plummeted. And at the beginning of that trend, everybody thought, well, it's because people don't want to come to church and, and catch COVID. And that may still be a, a part of it. But now, what we're starting to see is that actually maybe a bigger part of it is that we've all realized that when we can do church online, when we can do church on our own, uh, it just makes church easier because it's fast and efficient and, and convenient. Um, now, having said all of that, uh, some of us have figured out that uh, doing church solo is a, an easier, faster, more efficient way of doing church prior to the pandemic and, and even before online church was a thing. Uh, I can tell you that in previous seasons of my life, before I became a pastor, uh, my natural tendency was to do church 
solo. And here's how that often looked in, in my life. On many a Sunday morning, uh, I would roll into church purposefully right before the service got started. Uh, I would make my way in without trying to make eye contact with, with anybody. I'd often sit like on the, the back road trying not to be seen. As soon as the service w- was over, I'd just make a beeline back to my car and you know get in, get out, get on with your life. It's just a faster, more convenient way of, of doing church when you're not spending a whole lot of time engaging and connecting with uh, other people. And doing church solo in, in that way, uh, that's attractive to us for the same reason that Teladoc is such a, an attractive option uh, to me because we're busy, right? And we're stressed. We've got a lot going on. Our lives are full. And so if we have the option to do church in a way that's easier and more efficient and, and, and just faster, you know, why, why wouldn't we take that option? Doing church is easier when we do church solo. Many of us have experienced this, uh, especially lately. Well, uh, that approach to church makes a lot of sense. It's logical. It's, it's certainly understandable. As I've said, I, that's been my approach to church, certainly in previous seasons of, of my life. But what I want to highlight for us today is that there's actually a problem with this way of, of approaching church. There's a problem here. And the problem is this, that when we only do church solo, or when doing church solo is, is the primary way that we do church, then what starts to happen is we, we get disconnected from the other people in the church. And you may be thinking, well, that's not a problem, Daniel. That's what makes it so convenient. That's what makes it so nice. But, but hear me out. When we do church solo, we get disconnected from other people in the church. And when we get disconnected from other people in the church, it becomes easier and easier and easier for us to start getting disconnected from God. Let me say that again. When we get disconnected from other people in the church, it becomes easier and easier for us to start getting disconnected from God as well. And sometimes when we get disconnected from other people in the church, we don't even realize just how disconnected from God we really are. Now, that may sound kind of harsh, but that is exactly what this passage in, in 1 Corinthians is trying to to warn us about. And I think this is especially important for us to pay attention to, uh, especially right now as we're getting ready to jump into this new, very busy fall uh, season. That This message is is counterintuitive to us in a lot of ways. I mean, we're modern uh, American people. We we tend to think very individualistically. uh, But if we pay attention to the message of this passage, it can make such a powerful difference in our lives. So, so let's uh, take a look at this. And before we dig into the passage itself, uh, here's just a, a quick background on uh, on 1 Corinthians so that you understand the, the context here. And some of you know this, but um, back in the first century, back in the first century, there was a city in Greece called Corinth. It was called Corinth. And about 20 years after the resurrection of Jesus, plus or minus, there was this pastor in the early church and his name was Paul. And Paul happened to travel through Corinth. And while he was there, Paul decided he was going to start a new church in this city. And Paul ended up spending several years in Corinth, uh, building up the church, uh, teaching people how to do church. You know, everybody in the church was a brand new Christian. So Paul had to uh, teach them, form them, establish leadership structures. And once the church had a pretty good rhythm, uh, Paul left. He, he moved on to, to start new churches in, in other places. But as the founding pastor, Paul would keep in touch with the church in Corinth. And he did that through messengers that would come and visit him, but also through letters uh, as, as well. So Paul moves on from Corinth, that the people in Corinth continue to, to do church. Um, but at a certain point, Paul gets a report uh, 
about a, a development in the way that the Corinthians had started doing church. As it turns out, uh, these first century Corinthians, they were not so different from you and me. They had a lot of pressures. You know, they were busy. They were stressed just like us. They had kids. They had work. They're trying to balance all of that. And in the middle of all of that, these Corinthian first century Christians figured out the same thing that many of us have figured out, which is that doing church solo, doing church on our own, doing church without meaningfully connecting with other people, that's an easier way of doing church. Now, obviously back then they didn't have online church as a, an option. I'm sure they would have gladly received that. Uh, that wasn't an option for them. So, so here's kind of how doing church solo worked for them. Uh, instead of gathering all together at once as the full community for worship, uh, instead of that, they fell into this habit where people would just kind of like swing by church on their way home from work like in the evenings, late in the, in the day, almost like you would swing by Target on your way home from work. So they, they would swing by church as they were headed home from work. And uh, if there happened to be other people there at that same time, great. You know, they might sing some songs together. They might hear some scripture. They might even share communion together. But then as soon as they felt like they were done, whatever that meant for them, uh, they would just leave. They would just go home. And part of the problem was you had people getting off work at different times. I mean, in, in our society, it kind of works a similar way. Like the, the white collar uh, workers tended to, to get off a little earlier. Uh, the, the hourly and, and blue collar workers uh, got off later in the day. And, and so in, in practice, what this meant was you had people just coming and going from the church uh, at all these different times. They weren't really connecting with each other. The, the congregation got super disconnected to the point that they developed this very specific problem where uh, people who were coming earlier to church, they were actually eating up all of the communion, all the bread and, and all the wine. And so it was gone and there was no communion left for the people who would swing by the church later in, in the evening. And the people who came earlier and ate up all the communion were like, I don't know, it sounds like a you problem, not a me problem. They weren't concerned. That's how disconnected this church had gotten. Now, as they were doing church solo in this way, in this very individualistic format, uh, everybody was fine with it. Now, there were some people who were grumpy that they weren't getting communion, but besides that, everybody was pretty happy. They were thinking like, I'm getting what I need from church. I'm staying connected with God. And if nothing had changed, that's probably how they would have continued to do church forever. Well, at a certain point, Paul gets a report that this is now how the Corinthian church is doing church. And Paul, when he hears that, he's very upset. And so he fires off this letter that we now know as 1 Corinthians. And a big part of what Paul is doing uh, in that letter is he, he's telling us the, the problem that happens when we only do church solo or when we primarily do church solo. Earlier in the letter, um, before this passage that, that we read, uh, Paul has given the Corinthians some tough love. And he tells them some things that are kind of offensive, but he's just giving them the, the brutally honest truth because he thinks they need to hear it. And basically what Paul says earlier in 1 Corinthians is he says, look, uh, you guys think, you think that doing church solo is working for you, that that's keeping you connected with God. But he says, actually, your life is telling a very different story. He says, you think you're staying connected with God like this? But, but actually, your life doesn't really look any different from the lives of people who aren't even trying to follow Jesus, right? Like the, the way that you make decisions, the way that you spend your time, the way that you're raising your kid, uh, your, your desires, um, your, your, your decision making, like all of the way that you're living your life, 
doesn't really look all that different from people who don't even believe in this God that you claim that you're so connected to. And so Paul's point here is, is he's saying, look, since you've gotten so disconnected from other people in the church, more than you even realize, you've actually gotten disconnected from God. And so Paul's answer is, is he says, look, if you want to reconnect with God, and if you want to stay connected with God, then you need to reconnect with the other people in the church. That's Paul's message here. He's saying that connecting with others connects us with God. Connecting with others connects us with God. So so why is that? And how does that work? How does it work that connecting with others connects us with God? What do those two things have to do with each other? Paul knows this is hard to understand. That was hard to understand for the first century uh, Corinthians. It's certainly hard to understand for us individualistic-minded modern uh, Americans. And and so Paul does some teaching around this. And this is the passage that we just read. Paul gives us this really rich metaphor, this really rich metaphor. And I want to unpack what Paul has to say through this metaphor uh, with you here. Um, so, so let's take a look. Let's take a look at, uh, at what Paul says. He says, now you've been thinking of church like Teladoc. Uh, that's a, my paraphrase. They didn't have Teladoc back then, but that's, that's how you're thinking about church. Uh, he says, but actually you need to think of church like a body. He says, the church is the body of Christ. So how is church a body here in verse 14? Paul says, well, certainly the body isn't one part, but many. That is, Paul's saying, hey, Christians, uh, when you became baptized, when you became part of the church, you became part of something that's larger than yourself. You're connected to something larger than yourself. And that means that doing church solo, doing church on your own, that's no longer the way that you can primarily do church anymore. That's not an option for you. Why not, Paul? Well, Paul says, let's lean into this metaphor of the body. Let's really think about how a body works. In verse 15, Paul says, if the foot says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not a hand. Well, does that mean that the foot is not really a part of the body? If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, does that mean that it's not part of the body? Paul says, think about it. If the whole body were an eye, what would happen to the hearing? If the whole body were an ear, what would happen to the sense of smell? No, but as it is, Paul says, God has placed each one of the parts of the body just like he wanted. In other words, Paul is telling us, look, uh, God has made you part of this body. And God has made me part of this body because God knows that you and I need the other parts of this body. God knows that that, uh, you need the other people in the church and that the other people in the church need you as well. He goes on in in verse 21. So he says, the eye, that is one part of the body, one person in the church, the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. Or in turn, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Uh, Wow, this this is really convicting, I think. Because isn't this kind of what we're saying to each other? When we choose to do church solo, when that's our primary way of, of doing church, I mean, we don't mean to be mean about it. We don't, we're not trying to be rude about it, but we're kind of saying to the other people in the church, hey, even though God has put us together, even though God has called us to, to be church together, even though God has told us we need each other, still, mm, I think I'm good. You know, I'm just, it's easier on my own. I don't need you. If we're thinking of, of the church like a body, then, then that's just simply 
not true. But we can't say, I don't need you because we, we actually do need each other. And why do we need each other? I love this. Paul says in verse 24, God, God has put the body together. It's interesting, you know, we, we tend to think of church like we're, we're just this collection of like-minded individuals. You know, we, we think the thing that binds us together within the church is that we all just happen to like this church. We all just happen to like coming here. Uh, and, and so that's what connects us, this, this common interest. And Paul says, oh, no, 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 no. It goes away deeper than that. Paul says, God has put this body together. And why? He says, so that there won't be any division in the body and so that the parts might have mutual concern for each other. Mutual concern. What does that mean? Paul says, if one part of the body suffers, then all the parts suffer with it. If one part celebrates, then all the parts celebrate with it. Paul is saying, look, he's saying, you are going to go through some stuff and I'm going to go through some stuff where the the thing that's going to keep us connected with God is actually not a video like this or a podcast like this, those, that's, those things are good. But you're going to go through some stuff and I'm going to go through some stuff where the, the, the thing that's, that's going to keep us connected with God uh, is not a sermon, it's not a song, but we're going to go through some stuff where the thing that's going to keep us connected with God and maybe the only thing is a friend, is a friend, is a, a real live person that, that we know and that we care about and who knows us and who cares about us, a, a person who, who can uh, look us in the eye, who can take us by the hand, who can give us a hug. It, it, that, that thing that's going to keep us connected with God is going to be a, a real live person who can look at us and say, hey, are you okay? Uh, or hey, I'm, I'm worried about you. Uh, or, or hey, uh, how's your heart right now? How's your, how's your soul uh, there, there are going to be some times when we're going to need somebody to come alongside of us, just like Paul describes here. And we're going to need somebody to say, hey, I see that you're suffering in this moment. Let, let me Don't go through that alone. Let me share that with you. And let me remind you of the presence of God in your suffering. Or, or we're going to be celebrating and we need somebody to come alongside of us and say, hey, I'm so glad that you're celebrating. Let me share that with you. Let me embody the presence of God with you in your celebration. There's going to be times that what keeps us connected with God is this mutual concern that Paul describes here. Uh, that's not an accident. That's not a coincidence, but, but that's how God designed the church to work. Um, in case we missed the, the whole point of this metaphor, Paul drives it home. In the last verse of this passage, he says, you are the body of Christ and you are parts of each other. You are parts of each other. Here's what I think that means for us right now in this particular season. I think what this means for us is that all of us need a group. We need a community. We need a team. If you want to use a a sports metaphor, we need people within the church that we're engaging with on a regular basis, that we're connecting with, that we're checking in with on a regular basis. Now we're moving into the fall season. We've talked about this a lot over the last couple of weeks. Things in our lives, if they haven't already, they're about to get busier. They're about to get more stressful. And and as the, as the demands increase, as the pressure increases, we're, we're, many of us are going to feel this temptation to pull back 
and to start doing church solo, to to pull back and to just find just the most fast, efficient way uh, of doing uh, church. Now, I want to be clear that, that as, as, as I say all of this, uh, yes, you know, keep doing worship online like this. Keep listening to the podcast. These are amazing resources. These can absolutely help you to, to stay connected with God. And there's going to be some Sundays even in person when you're, you're busy and you, you need to pop in and pop out and you're not going to have time to engage. But, but the message here is get a group. Get a group in that group that you invest in, that community, if you're engaging with them on a regular basis, it's going to help to make sure that, that doing church solo is not the only way that you're doing church and that it doesn't become the primary way that you're doing church. All of us need uh, a group that can take many different forms. Like this is super flexible. Uh, there are some of you that maybe the best next step for you in this is simply to start coming to in-person worship on a regular basis. And as you do that, don't just pop in and pop out, but really be intentional about trying to maybe come a little bit early and leave yourself time to have some conversations with others, get to know some others, start to form some initial relationships with people in the church or linger afterwards and do the same thing. For others of you, maybe the best next step for this is going to be that you sign up to volunteer for us on Sunday morning. We have an incredible volunteer ministry. I promise we'll take good care of you. We're not going to work you to death or burn you out. But one of the things we'll do if you sign up to volunteer is that we'll plug you into a volunteer team. And every time you show up on Sunday morning, you're going to have a group of people around you. You're going to have a team connecting with you, asking you how you're doing, checking in with you. That can be your group. If, if that's of interest to you, get on our website, kindrednc.church. Uh, find Candace's email on the staff page uh, or the team page, I think we call it, and uh, shoot Candace an email. She'll get you plugged in. Maybe one of the best ways, though, to, to have a group this fall is, is simply to join a small group. And this is the perfect time to join a small group. Signups are live right now for our fall semester that's kicking off in a couple of weeks. If you join a small group, you're going to build into your life an hour a week where all you're doing is connecting with other people in the church, having conversations, checking in with each other, exploring scripture together, uh, praying together, thinking about what God is doing in your life together. It's a powerful way to, to have a group, to, to be an active participant in this body that we call the church. Now, I know as I say all of this, if you haven't tuned me out already, some of you are thinking, whoa, Daniel, you don't know me. You don't know my schedule. I'm just way too busy to have a group this fall. And I hear that. I understand. Uh, I promise I live in the same world you do. You know, I work full time. My wife works full time. We've got two kids. Uh, I promise you I get the busyness. But as your pastor, I would counter that I actually think you're too busy not to have a group. I think you're too busy not to have a group. Because when you have that much going on, and then you add getting disconnected from other people in the church. It just becomes so easy to get disconnected from God as well, sometimes without even realizing it. And, and when that happens, it's not going to make your life better. It's only going to make your life worse. So, so all of us need a group. You know, uh, none of us know what these next few weeks are going to hold, what these next few months are going to hold for us. Um, we just, we don't know that, but, but here's a couple of things I do know that back in March of 2020, when the pandemic first hit and the world was falling apart, I was so glad that I already had a group in my life that I could process with and, and pray together with that, that group helped me to stay connected with God in that season, uh, in the, the kind of the height of the pandemic. Um, I, that was so hard for, for so many of us and, and I was no different. You know, I was worried, is, is Kindred Church even going to make it through this pandemic? 
And am I gonna be out of a job? And, and just heavy questions like this. And in that season, I was, I was so glad that I had a group in my life that it could help me process and, and pray and check in with me. It kept me connected with God in that season. Even here recently, some of you know this, um, several weeks ago, we, we went through this scary thing where uh, my son had to go to the hospital and he was in the hospital for a few days and uh, it all got worked out and, and he bounced back and, and recovered. But then like right after that, our family got hit with COVID and we all got it at different times. And so there was like, for the better part of three weeks, we were in some version of isolation. And this is like one of the busiest times of the year for pastors. And we're just going through all of this and it was so stressful. And in the midst of all of that, I was so glad I had community and connection with real people in the church that I could lean on who would check in with me, who would, who would pray for me. All of this was keeping me connected with God. We don't know what this fall is going to bring for us, but, but I know that you need a group. That's the message here. You, you need real people. You need relationships. So, so how are you going to do that? And that's what I'll close with here. That, that's the action item. Sometime today, don't put this off because I'm worried you'll forget about it. Don't put this off. But sometime today, make a plan. What's your plan for this fall? How are you going to have a group? What's your group going to be? How are you going to be actively participating in this body? I promise if you build that into your life, if you make that a habit, I promise you, Paul promises you here in 1 Corinthians. We believe that this word from Paul is, is inspired. So ultimately, it's, it's God who's promising you that, that if you invest in the body, if you develop these relationships, if you get a group, it's going to keep you connected with God. It's going to keep you connected with God. Let me pray for us. Well, gracious and loving God, uh, we thank you for this message that is so important, that is so counterintuitive, God. We're individualistic minded, and so it can be hard for us to hear and uh, even offensive and, and challenging in, in some ways, God. But we thank you that you're a God of relationship uh, as, as the triune God, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And you're not even three gods, you're one God. And, and we know that because you're your eternal relationship and you call us into relationships and you've created this church thing to be relational, God. So even though doing church solo is so convenient and fast and efficient, God, don't, don't let us settle for that. Uh, but, but give us the, the, the strength and the wisdom that we need to, to make connections within the church uh, a priority, Lord. Whatever barriers we feel uh, to that, we pray that you would help us to overcome them. Uh, we thank you for one another and the gift that this church community is, and we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, friends, a couple quick things here for you before we go. Um, if you're new to Kindred, I would love to connect with you. Uh, I need your contact information in order to do that. So check out the description here. Uh, click on the link that says connect. And uh, if you leave me your info, I'll reach out to you later this week. Um, also, if you are local, uh, we'd love to see you in in-person worship. It's a great way to begin investing on a deeper level in this body of the, the church. Uh, and so to get information about how to worship with us in person, go to our website website, kindrednc.church, and uh, you can get all the, the info there. Uh, finally, we've got so much going on, so many ways that we uh, are, are trying to help you stay connected with God in this new season. So it's as, as important as ever that you check out the uh, announcements link in the description and stay up to speed on all that we're doing in this exciting new season. Well, with that, friends, remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week, and may the peace of Christ be with you.
listeners. This free resource and all of Kindred's ministries are supported by the generosity of people like you. Your giving changes lives, and it helps us to share and embody God's love. If you'd like to make a donation, you can do so on our website at www.kindrednc.church. Just select Give. You can find lots of ways to connect with our community on our website as well as on our social media pages. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time.